The Buffalo Bills have a rising star in tight end Dalton Kincaid. We're going to break down his impact and project him forward in addition to the entire tight end room today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, folks, the tight ends are up next. We're doing our performance review series. We've done Brandon Bean. We've done the coaching staff, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and today it's tight ends. And so we're going to talk a lot about, of course, Dalton Kincaid, but also Dawson Knox and Quentin Morris and a few sleepers that the Bills have in the tight end room. So a lot to dive into here today. I want to start with this, though. I've been doing this with the running backs and the wide receivers, and so I want to continue it with the tight ends and let you know where the Buffalo Bills tight end production measured compared to the rest of the tight end rooms in the NFL. So this season, the Bills tight ends had 98 catches. That's the eighth most in the NFL. 891 yards. That's the 12th most in the NFL. And five receiving touchdowns, which is 15th. And this is obviously a big uptick from where the Bills tight end production has been in previous years. They've made a big shift structurally with how they play offense, right? It used to be primarily three, four wide receiver sets, and now you're seeing a lot more two tight end stuff, which was the vision when they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round to go with Dawson Knox, who's a very handsomely paid tight end. So we're going to break down all of those dynamics here today. Let's start with Dalton Kincaid, 2023 first round pick, number 25 overall. Of course, the Bills traded up to get him, parted with the fourth round pick to make sure that they got Dalton Kincaid. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in October. He's entering year two of his four-year, $13.4 million rookie contract. In 2023, he played in 16 games. He missed one game due to that concussion. Was on the field for 63% of the offensive snaps. Had 73 catches on 91 targets, 673 yards, two touchdowns, a drop rate of 4.7%. Did have 4.83 yards after catch per reception. And Josh Allen had a 96.2 passer passer rating when targeting Dalton Kincaid. Of course, in the playoffs, Dalton Kincaid also added eight catches for 104 yards and a touchdown in the playoffs. Some numbers that really stand out about Kincaid in his rookie season. He had the fourth most receptions ever in the history of the NFL by a rookie tight end. 
And for the 2023 season, Kincaid was seventh among all NFL tight ends in receptions. He had the 10th most receiving yards ever in the history of the NFL for a rookie tight end and was actually 10th in the entire NFL in 2023 for receiving yards among tight ends. And also this, from week seven on, Dalton Kincaid led the Buffalo Bills in receiving yards. He was the most productive pass catcher for the Buffalo Bills over the last 13 games of the season. And if you remember, when the Bills drafted Dalton Kincaid, I came out and I said, my expectation for Dalton Kincaid is that in 2024, which is next season, he's the number two option in the Buffalo Bills passing offense, and I want to see that gradually happen in 2023. And folks, that's exactly what happened. He became the number two option in this passing offense and actually exceeded it. He was really the most productive player that the Bills had catching the football over the last 13 games. And that's exactly the type of path I was hoping to see for Dalton Kincaid and what they have invested in him in terms of a first and a fourth round pick. So let's talk about this 2023 review for Dalton Kincaid. And I got to tell you what, Dalton Kincaid won me over very, very quickly. You hear people talk about football players, and they say that's a guy that's fun to watch. Well, I don't think there's a greater example of a football player that's fun to watch than Dalton Kincaid. And it's not just the dynamic route running that he showcases, the elite body control, the hands, the ball skills. All of that is really, really fun to see. My favorite parts of Dalton Kincaid are really what he does when he doesn't even have the football when he's not even being targeted. Dalton Kincaid is an elite competitor. If I had a son, and I don't, I don't have a son, and I have a four-year-old, and I have a baby girl on the way due in April. I'm a girl dad. But if I had a son who was a football player, we'd sit down and we'd watch Dalton Kincaid play football as an example of how the game should be played. He works his tail off as a blocker, He sprints to the football on every single snap that he's on the field, which leads to some big-time blocks down the field. He always offers a hand to help the ball carrier get off the ground. I mean, he is just a total stud in every imaginable way in terms of how he plays the game and how competitive he is and how great of a teammate he is. One of my favorite plays from the entire season, it was a Josh Allen touchdown run against the Denver Broncos. And while Josh Allen was breaking the pocket. Dalton Kincaid acted like he was targeted and needed to catch the football. He pretended to catch the football, which held a defender and allowed Josh Allen to cruise into the end zone untouched. Now, even if Dalton Kincaid didn't do that, Allen was going to score, but at a minimum, he he took a hit away from Josh Allen by doing that. I, I have never really seen that happen before. I mean, this guy is just a total joy to watch an elite competitor, and somebody that I think is an absolute budding superstar in the NFL in every imaginable way. I love the versatility with Dalton Kincaid. Was on the field for 784 snaps this season, 31% of those as an inline tight end, 51% of them in the slot, 19% of them out wide as a true on-the-line-of-scrimmage wide receiver, 
And then he actually had a handful of snaps. Less than 1% of his snaps came in the backfield. So this is a true do-everything offensive weapon for the Buffalo Bills. Now, as I project Kincaid into 2024, I am excited, obviously. I just raved about this guy. The rookie to sophomore season, that jump, is a really important time in player development. The offseason is just so different. I talk about this a lot. But Dalton Kincaid last offseason went from, of course, playing at Utah to getting himself really healthy, right? He had a back injury, but meeting with teams, trying to do athletic testing, all the things that you do leading up into a draft. This offseason, the only thing Dalton Kincaid's got to worry about in terms of football is playing for the Buffalo Bills and whatever the Buffalo Bills sat down and talked about, discussed with him in terms of their exit interview, in terms of, hey, this is what we want you to work on. This is how you need to take the steps to improve. That's all he's got to worry about. And that is so exciting for me to think about not worrying about how to interview with general managers and coaches, but no, just learn the playbook better. Learn, get, get more chemistry with the guys, right? That's all he's got to focus in on. And I'm excited to see what that leads to for Dalton Kincaid in 2024, especially considering that this is still a young player in terms of football, right? Hasn't really played that much football. It's exciting to see where he is and where he can go. So for 2024, I'm expecting Dalton Kincaid to be a 100-plus target guy for this offense. I expect him to be one of the most productive tight ends in the NFL. Obviously, he's already kind of in that conversation. I'm looking for a little bit more. I'm looking for some more touchdown and down-the-field production. And I think you saw that start to happen in terms of more opportunities down the field, if you look at his average depth of target from weeks one through 10, it was 6.7 weeks, 11 through the divisional round. It was 9.4. So you saw almost a three yard jump in average depth of target down the stretch. I think that should continue. And I'm also looking for, and I don't think this is a Dalton Kincaid thing. I think this is more of a, probably a Joe Brady, Josh Allen thing, but I'm looking for more consistent usage throughout the game. There's times, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way, where you watch the Bills play offense, and early in the game, they, they get the ball to Dalton Kincaid, and you think to yourself, wow, he's going to have a big game. And then you know, late in the third quarter or fourth quarter, he's just not getting those same opportunities. Dalton Kincaid is the type of talent where you should prioritize getting him the football early, often, and throughout the entire game. And I would like to see that happen moving forward. So the Bills got a dude here. And Dalton Kincaid, and boy, oh boy, am I excited to see him become even more a part of this nucleus and really entrench himself as a franchise cornerstone for the Buffalo Bills. All right, we're going to talk Dawson Knox and Q Morris here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with me. Folks, I am obsessed with DoorDash. I love it. The convenience is unmatched, right? We're all busy people. We're all trying to figure out, well, when are you going to have time to get to the grocery store? When are you going to have time to make dinner, make lunch? All those types of things. It can be challenging, right? Well, let DoorDash handle that for you. They'll bring you food from your favorite restaurants right to your front door. They'll bring you groceries. They'll bring you something from the gas station to the pharmacy. It's awesome. Just go to the DoorDash app on your phone, pick what you want, and it'll be at your front door. That is incredible. It saves me so much time. So if you're not familiar with DoorDash, check it out. I got a deal here for you. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED. Two, three, subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order 
when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. The big game is right around the corner, and prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick and easy. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, let's talk Dawson Knox and Q Morris here. And I think it's a very important conversation we're going to have right now about Dawson Knox. A 2019 third-round pick, number 96 overall. He's 27 years old. He turns 28 in November. And he's entering year two of this really big contract, right? A year two of his four-year, $52 million contract extension. And so let's talk about that deal because I'm sure some of you are saying, well, we got to get out of this deal. Got we can't pay Dawson Knox $14 million a season. Well, there's some options here. I think the, the most logical option is to restructure him. We know that the Bills need cap space. They're $50 million over the cap right now entering the offseason. You could do a base salary restructure, and that would free up $6 million. Now, the downside to that is you stay locked in for longer to Dawson Knox when you already have a reasonable out of the contract after the 2024 season. So if you do restructure and create this cap space, you're pretty much saying yes to Dawson Knox for two more seasons, including 2024. And maybe you're of the mind that you just cut him. Well, that's not really going to work. If you cut Dawson Knox, you accumulate $20.3 million in dead cap, and you lose $6 million in cap space. So you're going to basically have $26 million that is literally just going to be applied to not have Dawson Knox. That makes no sense. So you either let him play as is, or you do the restructure, lock him in for two more seasons and create $6 million in cap space. I'm, I'm probably in favor of that route. 2023 for Dawson Knox, 12 games on the field for 60% of the offensive snaps. At 22 catches on 36 targets, 186 yards, two receiving touchdowns, at a drop rate of 14.3%, which is too high, right? It's kind of two good seasons of drop rate, and then he's this is one of his worst seasons in terms of that. 4.3 yards after catch per reception, and a passer rating of 80.9 when targeted. As for his 2023 review, the first word that comes to mind for me with Dawson Knox in 2023 is that this was an adjustment year for him. He obviously tried to play through some injuries. He had a broken wrist that he played a couple of games with that eventually he had surgery in the middle of the season. He forced him to miss five games. Uh, And I think 2021 and 2022 tells us a much better 
story about who Dawson Knox is as a football player than what we saw this year. Obviously, not only playing through some injury, but adjusting to Dalton Kincaid and his presence on the roster. And, you know, they really structurally played offense very differently. I think that Dawson Knox's blocking was strong and that his presence on the field was important for allowing Dalton Kincaid to play more out of the slot. So Dawson Knox played 60% of his snaps in line. And for Dalton Kincaid, that enabled him to play a lot of snaps out wide and from the slot. 61% of Dalton Kincaid's passing down snaps were in the slot, and that was one of the highest numbers, one of the highest percentages of any tight end in the NFL. So they 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 work off of each other. There's a nice complementary uh, exchange of skill sets between Knox and Kincaid, and I think that they both help each other be better. But as I forecast Dawson Knox into 2024, I mean, let's be honest, we need more out of this contract. It's not looking like a good contract. I think Dawson Knox is a good football player, a useful football player, but he's probably paid double what he should, especially now that you have Dalton Kincaid in the mix. And the reality is, and this is something we should probably talk a little bit more about when we consider the 2023 season, is that the Bills just had a bunch of underperforming contracts. Dawson Knox being one of them. Von Miller, Trey White, unfortunately, just injured, right? Matt Milano injured, Daquan Jones injured. But you're counting on a lot of impact from those players. So underperforming, and I understand some of that is injury-related. In fact, a lot of it's injury-related. But those players that I just mentioned, Knox, Miller, White, Milano, Jones, that's five of your 11 biggest cap hits in 2023. And you didn't come close to getting the expected impact. And if you want to put Stefan Diggs in that bucket, you can. And all of a sudden, six of your top 11 biggest contracts didn't give you the production that you needed for what you're paying them. Right? This, the NFL is a limited resource environment. You only have so much money to give the players. And when you give more money to players, well, you need those players to live up to that, that value. And for the Bills, five of their top 11 contracts just weren't there. That's tough. They still had a great season. I know that some people think they didn't. I mean, 11-6, and six, you win the division, you win a playoff game, you, you come within three points of beating the team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl this weekend. I don't know. It's not nothing. I know that it feels empty. We want more. I get that. But let's not act like that's not nothing. Let's not act like that's not a good season. Let's not act like there's a lot of teams that wouldn't sign up for that. As I've stated, only four teams in the NFL can say they had a better season than the Buffalo Bills. But it sure would be nice to have what you're expecting out of your biggest contracts, and Dawson Knox is an example of where that fell short. So as for his 2024 outlook, as I've already stated, the Bills need more out of this contract. Dawson Knox has to take advantage of his opportunities. So there's, there's a lot on him, but I think there's some onus on Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, Josh Allen as the quarterback, to get more out of Dawson Knox. Now, I'm not looking for Knox to take production and opportunity away from guys like Dalton Kincaid and Khalil Shakir. I've already stated, I want Kincaid north of 100 targets. I want Shakir around 80 targets. But can you get 50, 60 targets to Dawson Knox? That's about three per game. Have some red zone production, continue to block, then free up Kincaid. Like That's what he needs to do. And $14 million is going to be too much for it, but that's, that's unfortunate, right? You, you, that's a contract you gave him. Now it's on you to, to get value out of that. And, of course, you, you need 
you need Dawson Knox to take advantage of every opportunity. Let's talk Q Morris here. 2021 undrafted free agent, 25 years old. He actually just turned 25 in late January. His contract is technically expired, but not really. Uh, He's an exclusive rights free agent, which means he gets a league minimum contract and has no recourse other than to play for the Bills. So his choice is to play for the Bills for the league minimum or not play at all. That's it. So he's back on a minimum type contract. 2023 played in 15 games. On the field for 18% of the offensive snaps, 82% of the special team snaps. In fact, he was fifth most on the team in special team snaps, and he might have been close to number one if he didn't miss a couple of games with that high ankle sprain. Not a ton of production. Had two catches on three targets for 26 yards. Did have a touchdown. It was a huge touchdown, a game-winning touchdown against the Giants in that same game where he had the high ankle sprain, which was a terrific play. Uh, for him to to make that that catch, and he was hobbled, he was covered, and he made a huge catch to to help the Bills win that game. As for his 2023 review, I think Q Morris is an excellent number three tight end. I love the way he competes. You know, every week in our Discord channel, uh, for those that are subscribed to the Locked On Bills subtext community, I shared a, a lot of weeks a Q Morris appreciation clip to highlight some of the some of the things that he does. He does a lot of dirty work as a blocker. He's very very competitive. He's a very physical, very useful player, right? It's a tight end three. I, I really appreciate what he offers. Not a, a huge piece of this roster, but as a depth tight end, I think he's really good. So as for his 2024 outlook, I think he should be back in a similar role, competing for the tight end three role, providing depth, playing a high volume of the special team snaps. And I think you can get a lot of value out of him as a guy that's going to be back on a league minimum type contract. All right, folks. On the other side of this, we're going to talk about a couple of sleepers that the Bills have at the tight end position, futures deals, a guy that was on the practice squad, actually on injured reserve. I want to talk about them here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with me. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than what's going on with our favorite sports team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for people who have experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. All right, folks, I I promised I'd talk about a couple of sleeper tight ends here. We're going to do that. I also want to mention David Edwards. You know, I know he's an offensive lineman, and he's a good offensive lineman, a very useful depth player, but the reality is he played 30 snaps of offensive line, 164 snaps as a blocking tight end, and, and filled a big role for the Buffalo Bills when they wanted to do some heavier personnel packages. And, you know, one of my big storylines that I talked about before the season with the Bills run game was using more big people, right? They, they, would, they would have Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir and Isaiah McKenzie, right, like blocking on the edges. And they, that's just not a – those guys just can't consistently win. And I can really appreciate structurally how they ran the football using more big people, like a David Edwards, uh, like, a, of course, the three tight ends that we already talked about. And I think that was a big part of what unlocked the success that the Bills had running the football. And so 
I felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention David Edwards here as part of this tight end conversation. Now he'll be, a, we'll do the full breakdown of David Edwards on our next uh, performance review episode, which, which will be the offensive line, but he was a big part of this tight end situation. The two sleeper tight ends, Trey McKitty, Zach Davidson. The Bills signed Trey McKitty to a futures contract. He actually spent a little more than half the season on the Bills practice squad. And he's an interesting player. He was a third-round pick in 2021 by the Chargers. Really athletic, tight end. Never really was productive for the Chargers, but he does have some upside uh, out of Florida State. He, he's a guy that uh, wind up for the, for the Chargers since 2021. He played in 34 games with 12 starts. And so as a developmental blocking tight end with some upside, he's at least intriguing to me as a bottom-of-the-depth chart type player. And you also have Zach Davidson, who – the Bills brought in uh, for a futures contract last year, and then he got injured during uh, OTAs, actually in June. The Bills put him on uh, injured reserve with a knee injury, but he was a 2021 fifth-round pick by the Vikings, 6'6", 245 pounds. He's a big-time athlete at a 4'6", 40-yard dash, 6'9", 5", 3-cone, 38-inch vertical jump. His RAS score, his relative athletic score, is, a, is an 8.8. A perfect RIS is a 10, so he's very much an upper echelon athlete. And uh, he played his college ball at Central Missouri. And his last season there, he had 40 catches for 894 yards. That is a crazy amount of yards per catch for a tight end and 15 touchdowns. He was actually all-conference and first-team All-American as a tight end for Central Missouri and as a punter. So he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife, if you will. And I think as a... You know, we're talking about the the fourth and fifth tight end here that are already under contract for the team. Those are interesting players, right? I think that's what you're looking for in the bottom of the of the depth chart type guys that you can develop and, and see what you can unlock there. So I think the Bills have some intriguing players here, top to bottom, when you consider Kincaid, Knox, Q Morris, and then McKitty and Davidson. So we're at the point now where we get to Brandon Bean's to-do list. And I always ask myself the question, what do the Bills have? What do they need? Well, they've got a budding star in Dalton Kincaid. They have a highly paid veteran looking to bounce back in Dawson Knox. Highly competitive tight end three in Q Morris. And then a couple of intriguing bottom-of-the-depth chart guys in Zach Davidson and Trey McKitty. Which leads us to the question, what do they need? And the answer here might be nothing. Like This is not a high-priority position. Now, if they wind up doing something with Dawson Knox, you know, maybe you want to get ahead of that. I'm not sure, but like, there's a there's a realistic possibility that a UDFA addition and, and this is your six tight ends that you have. And I think the big thing in terms of what do they need, they need to maximize the production here. You have a lot invested in Kincaid. You've got a lot invested in Knox. How do you get the most out of those players? And, and it's a big question for Joe Brady to consider this offseason and really develop this scheme. You know, you want to you want to be mindful of your personnel and craft the scheme and put those players in the best po possible positions to be productive. And I think a big part of that equation for Joe Brady has to be Kincaid and Knox. Also being mindful of league trends. I've talked about this a lot too, where you're seeing more and more 12, 13, 22, 21 personnel, heavy packages uh, that, are, that are happening across the league as the defenses have started to catch up with the spread concepts. Offenses are saying, okay, here, we're going to put big people on the field and you're used to playing with little people and big people beat up on little people and we're going to make you uh, play defense differently or you're just going to have mismatches all over the place. And I think 
you have the opportunity here. I think you were very forward thinking with the drafting of Kincaid to go with Knox and what you have in Q Morris and some of these depth players. I think it's structurally really good for uh, becoming where the, the offense, the offensive trends are going, the good offensive trends are going. And so Joe Brady, Josh Allen, let's maximize that and be, you know, an offense that's really, really tough to defend. So you have it. A good story here to tell for the most part as it relates to the Bills tight end position. And really that is all rooted in Dalton Kincaid. Get the jersey. If I was going to buy a Bills jersey, I haven't bought one in a long time. It might be Dalton Kincaid. I, I think he's going to be really special for a long time for this football team. All right, folks, that's it for here for us here today on the podcast. We'll probably do the performance review for the offensive line next. So don't miss that. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.